friends, and welcome to another episode of the Kid Stories Podcast. I'm Phil Bechtel. Today's episode is sponsored by Creator Kids. CreatorKids.com features live classes for kids. There's watercolor classes, you can learn iMovie, digital painting, drawing classes, and more. Creator Kids is fun, productive screen time, and you can get 20% off using the promo code KIDSTORIES20. Click the link in the show notes and choose a class for your little listener today. Now on to some shout-outs. Bridget and Tommy from Lynn, Massachusetts are big fans. They like to listen even when they're walking in the woods. Bridget and Tommy, I think if you two were characters in the valley, you would be Mist Fairy royalty, and you would work to protect the other Mist Fairies and all your magical artifacts. Thanks for listening, you two. Atticus shared a whole story idea with me, and I thought it was great, especially this one part about golden cave trolls. Very cool, Atticus. I think if you were a character in the valley, you would be a wizard who can make characters and stories come to life. Thanks for listening, Atticus. And Edie from Cedar Creek, Australia, shared a bunch of cool drawings. She said I should start a story about a ninja chicken, and I think she's right. Edie, I think if you were a character in the valley, you would be the master of the Cluck Cluck Dojo, and you would lead your ninja chickens on many exciting adventures. Thanks for listening, Edie. Today's story is titled Manticore Part 2, and I hope you like it. Finn and Weston traveled for days to reach the valley. They had heard of the Grey Dragon before. He was well known among the protectors. So Finn and Weston knew that he didn't really like other dragons, and he didn't really like other people, and he was mostly a grump. But he was also a dragon, so they knew he'd offer help if he could, because dragons and protectors always help each other. They reached his cave and met with him and Max, telling them everything that had happened before on the island of Katana, when the manticores stole all the gold mane lions. So you're telling us that a bunch of giant manticores zapped away the gold maned lions and then zapped away themselves? said Max. Yes! Yeah, that, that's what happened. They, they took every single lion, said Finn. You must be mistaken, said Eugene, the gray dragon. The manticores were famously made extinct when their island suddenly sank into the ocean a long, long time ago. They haven't been seen since. There is no mistaking a manticore. They have the body of a lion and human faces and scorpion tails and some had wings. If anyone ever sees a manticore, they know pretty well that it's a manticore, replied Weston. Okay, okay, relax, said Max. He and Eugene shared a look that perhaps suggested they didn't quite believe Finn and Weston. Here's what we can do. Me and Eugene here will take you out to the place where the manticore island used to be. I know of a way to get you two breathing underwater, so you can dive deep underwater and collect all the clues you can find from their ancient sunken island. Sound good? Finn and Weston were not sure how many clues would be resting at the bottom of the sea, but they didn't have any other ideas, so they went along with it. Max led the brothers to a table filled with different maps and books. He showed Finn and Weston where they should sail. He marked the location on a map, rolled it up, and went to hand it to Weston. Hang on, is that chocolate all over your fingers? You're going to muck up the map. Max turned and handed it to Finn instead. Oh, sorry about that, said Weston, as he began sucking the chocolate off his fingers. What are you eating anyway? asked Max. 
Oh, it's like these sweet treats I make by dipping different confections in chocolate over and over again, said Weston. Ah, we have those here too. We call them goofballs. Mind if I try one of yours? Max reached into Weston's bag, laying on the map table. Wait, 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 no, not those ones. Those are the exploding ones, yelled Weston, and he snatched the goofball from Max's hand. Max stood stunned for a second. The exploding ones? You you make desserts that explode? Yeah, yeah, you see the goofballs in this bag are for eating, and the goofballs in that bag are for throwing at my enemies. Pretty cool, huh? said Weston. No, not cool. I almost ate a bomb, said Max. Yeah, but I bet you still want one though, right? asked Weston, holding out a non-exploding goofball to him. Max huffed took the goofball and popped it into his mouth. His eyes closed and he began chewing slowly. Mmm. Mmm, mmm. Oh, wow. That was one of the best goofballs I've ever tasted. And I appreciate my head not exploding. Now, I've got to go grab some magic trinkets from a friend, and me and Eugene will meet you out in the ocean in a couple days. Max and Eugene departed, and the two brothers set sail yet again. A couple days later, they reached the place on the map where Manticore Island was located before it sank. Max was riding on Eugene, who was floating in the water. You can float? said Finn. I didn't know dragons can float. Oh, some can. Some can't, said Eugene. Now to the task at hand, said Max. He revealed two amulets from his bag and tossed them to Finn and Weston. The brothers, standing on the deck of their boat, caught the amulets and put them on. Uh, nothing's happening, said Weston. Yeah, uh, I don't feel anything either, said Finn. Should we be feeling something? Max rolled his eyes. No, you shouldn't be feeling anything. The amulets only work underwater. They turn you into mermaids, kind of, so you can breathe and swim fast. A mermaid? What if I don't want to be a mermaid, said Weston. You won't be a mermaid forever, kid. Relax, said Max. It's just to help you get around. The bottom is a long way down. We'll wait up here. You aren't coming with? asked Finn. Nah, I don't want to be a mermaid, said Max. And he leaned back and closed his eyes to take a nap. Finn and Weston dove in the water, and the magic of the amulets instantly turned their legs into huge fins, just like a mermaid. Breathing underwater and swimming was very different, but after a little practice, they had the hang of it. They dove deep underwater, passing all kinds of sea creatures on their way down. Finally, they reached the ocean floor and began wandering about, looking for clues. Do you really think we're going to find clues down here? asked Finn. He was beginning to lose hope. Looking for clues at the bottom of the ocean seemed like a desperate play. I do now, said Weston. Look! Weston pointed, and in the distance the brothers saw something incredible. In the distance, they saw a huge dome on the ocean floor. The boys used their powerful mermaid tails to get closer. The dome was clear, and they could see inside of it. They saw trees, bushes, mountains, even a river flowed within this fantastic underwater world. They cautiously swam right up next to it. From so close, they could now see animals squirrels, and even some birds flying through the air. 
Birds? exclaimed Weston. Is there, is there air in this bubble? Like someone built an above-water island underwater? Yeah, or like an island that used to be up there sunk and now it's down here protected by this bubble thing, said Finn. Like a reverse snow globe. And then it all made sense. Kind of. We have to try and get in there, I think, said Weston. The brothers looked at each other and reached a hand out to the clear barrier. They thought perhaps there was a chance they could simply walk right through the barrier. They could not. Their hands simply pressed up against the clear, glass-like dome as if it were a window. Well, this stinks, said Finn. Weston sighed in frustration. Ah, all right, let's go back up and think of something. The brothers swam to the surface and pulled themselves back up into their boat. Eugene was still floating nearby, with Max napping on his back. Finn and Weston began brainstorming different ways to get inside the bubble without just smashing it and flooding everything inside. Their conversation woke Max, who called out to them. Hey, mermaids, how'd it go? The boys explained their discovery to Max. Okay, so you think their sunken island is preserved underwater by some magical barrier? asked Max. I mean, it makes sense, said Finn. Now we just need to figure out how to get inside of it. Oh, hey, I've got something for that, said Max. He revealed a small ring and tossed it to the brothers. You've got something for everything, it seems like, said Weston. It pays to be prepared, said Max. The thing is, I've only got one of those. It'll teleport you through the barrier, but I don't know how to get it to teleport two people at once. I'll just go alone then, said Finn. Oh, no, you don't, said Weston. If either of us is going, it's going to be me. They began to squabble then about which one of them was going to use the teleporting ring. Finally, Max interrupted. Okay, okay, that's enough, he said. Why don't you figure out a way to use it together, like, like maybe hugging? Hugging, repeated Weston. Is that some kind of joke? No, no, I'm serious, replied Max. How about one of you wears the ring, but you hug each other real tight, and then maybe the magic will just teleport? Both of you, maybe. They thought about this for a moment. Do you really think it'll work? asked Finn. I don't know, I didn't make the ring. Just give it a try, said Max. It doesn't look like you've got many other choices. The boys reluctantly agreed, and soon found themselves on the ocean floor, gazing into the big magic bubble. All right, I'll wear the ring, and since I've got longer arms, I'll just, like, wrap my arms around you in a big hug and we'll see what happens, said Finn. Weston rolled his eyes. Fine. The brothers embraced, and Finn activated the magic of the ring. In a cloud of bubbles and a bright flash of light, they successfully teleported into the dome. Their amulets sensed they were not underwater anymore, and their mermaid tails transformed back into legs. They breathed deep and looked around. This is wild, Finn, said Weston. An underwater island? What kind of super magic is being used to, to power this, this shield? Who knows, man, said Finn. Everybody always said, though, that manticores were super powerful and magical and everything. Maybe they're able to keep it up. Yeah, maybe, said Weston. Let's, uh, let's wander around and see if we can find any clues.
The brothers crept around the trees, looking for any sign of the manticores or the gold-maned lions. This is unbelievable, said Finn. It's like an entire jungle right here underwater, and it stretches on for miles and miles. The boys marveled at this underwater island while they looked for clues. They didn't really know what they were looking for, but they knew there was something here that could help them figure out what happened to the gold-maned lions. They saw all kinds of other animals, miniature squirrels and four-winged ducks and two-headed tree snakes. They searched for hours and discovered that this underwater island was much larger than they initially thought. It stretched for hundreds of miles in all directions. Finn and Weston both decided that their best bet was to climb up to high ground to get a better view of things. They both shimmied up nearby trees and scanned the area. No way, said Weston. Finn, ch check it out. Over there, look. Finn turned and noticed what Weston was excited about. Gold-maned lions. An entire pride of them. It wasn't every single one that was stolen, but it was a start. Nice. So, what now? asked Finn. We can't, we can't get the lions out of here. They can't swim, and even if we could teleport all of them, they wouldn't fit on the boat. Weston was stumped. They didn't really expect to find the lions here. Only clues, and maybe some manticores. They had no way to get the lions back to the island of Katana. Ah, uh, I don't know, said Weston. Let's at least go check them out and see if they're okay. The two crept over to the lions to get a closer look, and it seemed as if all was well. The lions looked fine. They were grazing, just like always. The cubs were wrestling and happy. Huh, said Weston. They look fine. This doesn't make sense. Why would the manticores just steal the lions and bring them here? I thought they were going to, like, eat them or something. Finn and his brother had crept so close to the lions now that they could almost reach out and touch them. I don't know, Weston, answered Finn, but we've got to figure out a way to get these lions back home. You know, maybe we could... Before Finn could finish his sentence, his highly sensitive cat ears perked up. He heard something behind them. Finn turned to see a manticore creeping up on them, trying to stay hidden in the overgrowth. Weston, behind us, whispered Finn. Finn! In front of us, whispered Weston. The boys slowly looked all around them and saw manticores hiding in the brush on all sides. The huge black scorpion-tailed beasts lurched forward toward the brothers, getting closer and closer. Weston slowly reached into his bag and grabbed a handful of exploding goofballs. Now, he yelled. He flung his hand out of the bag, slinging goofballs in an arc out into the jungle. The manticore reacted, leaping forward as the explosions ripped apart tree trunks and shredded leaves. Finn leaped high in the air, and at the peak of his jump, he pointed his staff to the ground and peppered the manticores with magical blasts. The boys' attacks knocked the manticores back, and before Finn landed back on the ground, more manticores were rushing to the brothers. Weston spun with fighting sticks in both hands, knocking back the giant lion paws of a nearby manticore. The beast used its scorpion tail to unleash a terrible bright green blast at Weston, and he was barely able to get out of the way in time. The brothers were now back to back next to one of the few trees that wasn't blown apart by the exploding goofballs. 
All around them, manticores dashed forward, blasting poison green ick from their scorpion tails. Without even a second to speak, they climbed up the tree to escape the beasts. The higher they went, the more manticores they saw, galloping in from all sides. Hundreds and hundreds of them. I don't have enough goofballs for this, said Weston. This isn't a fight we can win, said Finn. Not right now. We've got to teleport out of here. Weston nodded reluctantly. The brothers embraced there at the top of the tree. The power of Max's ring activated and they teleported just outside the Manticore Island bubble. Again, they were transformed into mermaids. Swimming outside the dome, they looked down helplessly upon the horde of Manticores. Discouraged and defeated, they swam back up to the surface to formulate a new plan. The end. Thanks for listening, friends. The website is kidstoriespodcast.com. Send all your drawings and such to kidstoriespodcast at gmail.com and find tons more episodes at patreon.com forward slash kidstoriespodcast. Adios.